This is Shonda Smith-Baker. I am so happy to be with you again. Today's conversation is with three fantastic men in our community, Brandon Williams, Louis Blaze, an incredible artist, and KJ Rolnick. The three of them recently attended a conference that Cities United put on in Baltimore. The Minneapolis Foundation sent a delegation of nine and as I was debriefing with Brandon, we lasted about three minutes before I stopped him and just thought, man, this would be a great conversation to share with you. And so that's what I'm going to do today, where I'm asking them and hearing from them the first time what their experience was like in Baltimore, being at the Cities United Conference. Cities United is an organization ran by Anthony Smith. It is an organization that is focused on reducing violence in brown and black neighborhoods across the country. So I hope you enjoy that conversation. You're listening to Conversations with Shonda, a Minneapolis Foundation podcast that unpacks the community's grittiest, most vexing problems, hosted by Shonda Smith-Baker. I'm happy to talk to y'all, Brandon, KJ, and Louie. I know that you all went out to Cities United. They had their conference in Baltimore and Beemore. I wanted to be out there and I could just feel the energy. Brandon was sending back a video and, and pictures of you guys. And Cities United is an organization that we've partnered with for a long time. It's under the leadership of Anthony Smith, co-founded by Dr. William Bell and others that really set out to work across the country in cities to reduce violence in brown and black communities. And so you all support us and our advisory at the Minneapolis Foundation. You do so much more in community to make a difference. And so I was talking to Brandon and he was like so amped up about the conference and the time y'all had. I literally told him, like, just stop talking. Don't say another word because I want to share the energy with the community. But I have not talked to you all about the experience. So thank you so much for, for being here with me this afternoon. And I'm just going to give you each just a few minutes just to introduce yourself. And I'm going to start with you, Brandon. Thank you, Shonda, for the amazing introduction. As you said, my name is Brandon Williams, and I am our Criminal Justice and Safe Communities Fellow at the Minneapolis Foundation. And I chair our advisory for the Fund for Safe Communities, and I support our Chief Impact Officer, the amazing Shonda Smith-Baker, on all of her efforts to prevent violence in the community, um, build healthy relationships, work with community organizations, other foundations to really push forward for public safety efforts and, you know, pretty much empowering community to support themselves. And it's a, it's a privilege and honor to be doing the work. How about you, Louie? All right. Yeah. Good afternoon. Um, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for everything that you do to um, pave the way for young leaders like ourselves. And yeah, it, it was a blessing to be able to experience Baltimore last week. But my name is Louis McCaleb. I also go by Louie Blaze, born and raised in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. I am an artist, activist, and entrepreneur. Uh, I am a proud advisory member of the Minneapolis Foundation Public Safeties, and I am also working in violence prevention at a county level over in Ramsey County for the Healing Streets Project. And I, I do more independent work over in Minneapolis under my um, own um, organization, which is N4, which represents new mindsets, new media, new leadership, and new narratives, an organization with a mission to change the narrative for African-American males. All right. I can't wait to learn more about that. And KJ. Hey, how you doing? I'm KJ Rollins. Happy to be here today. Blessed to be here. Right now, myself, I've been getting into real estate and doing some work in the nonprofits as well. 
And I'm down at the circle of discipline, uh, boxing and coaching as well now, just trying to do the work in the community. Awesome. So Brandon, bring us back to where I stopped you from talking. So you were talking about, so you guys fly by Baltimore, you get to Cities United. Just, can you just describe what Cities United is and like what that conference is? It was amazing. My energy was super high. I'll get back there throughout the interview. But when we got there, it was really this feeling of being welcomed into a space. Everything was like top tier, everything from presentation to the signs they had up to the people that you would see coming up and building the relationships beforehand. I got to see some people and be welcomed by that energy. But the conference in general, um, it was really powerful to see different people doing different types of work. I think when we're so enriched in like the work that we're doing and focusing on our own communities, we forget that there's other people struggling, learning different ways, going through this pandemic, going through this tough time. And I feel valuable to people who come from these communities that support black and brown bodies coming down off of the high. It was just amazing. It was an amazing trip. Louis, this was your first time going out to that experience. What was it like for you going uh, and spending time out there? It, it was very, very empowering, very inspiring. What I appreciated was the percentage of Black people that was in the building. You know, it was very, very Black, okay? And I, and I love that the most because when, partly when I look at this issue of gun violence, of grouping gun violence in our communities, I personally like focus on my own community, me being a black male and how that affects our community and my lived experiences with that issue as well. I really believe that like, if we want to change that we have to be the change that we see, right? So, so to be able to see myself reflected and across the sector, you know, at very high levels too. We had people that were working, you know, on government level, you know, state levels, federal levels, showing that um, people are really serious about moving the needle. And then um, I'll close with just saying, I really appreciate how the conversations was less about the problems and the issues that we're facing, but more about the strategies that are used to solve these problems, more about the work that is being implemented, more about statistics and data and like showing what's working, showing what's not working. And then us as people that's currently, you know, in this work, being able to share strategies with each other, learn from one another, find out what issues are we dealing with in different cities and how can we continue to have this networking chain across the nation, you know, to save our, to save our young black men. And KJ, this was your your second time at the conference. The first time I had the opportunity to sort of be with you in this space. How how was it different this time from the last time that you attended? Well, uh, we missed you out there this time for sure. I was saying I wish Shana was out here too, but it was it was beautiful. You know, I mean, I want to shout out Baltimore, the whole DMV. Like they treated us good. It was beautiful. We had a ball out there. It was it was just great to be you know back in that space again with folks from all around the country who have a passion for doing this work. You know, we got we got folks that have been in a professional sector maybe their whole life and they're coming at it from a, you know, governmental standpoint. And then we got folks such as myself who whose passion comes from being in the street previously and, you know, being on the other side of that weapon, you know, and, and now trying to be like, hey, that's not cool. You know, and we want to save these young brothers and we want to stop them from going down the same path. You know, we were talking to brothers out there who uh, were on death row and had life in prison and whatnot. And they came, they were able to come back from that circumstance. And now they're really doing the work in their communities to really save these young brothers, you know, and sisters. 
And um, I just thought that was beautiful, you know, just being out there, getting to see. Um, and a lot of the work here, even in Minneapolis, you know, is is it mirrors a lot of things that are going on around the country. So it was good to kind of see what we're doing up here versus what other folks are doing in other cities all around the country. And in what ways, you know, maybe we can collaborate or maybe we can take a piece from over here and implement it over here. Like one thing that I one thing that I saw in like New York and some other places, there was a lot of cohesion when they may have came from different entities, but you couldn't tell. Like, for example, like out there, they had this thing where uh, up here it would be similar to um, it would be similar to maybe what Muhammad and them are doing on Lake Street, right? Out there, it was, you know, safe streets, but they all had like one color, like everybody that was doing the violence prevention work and that was doing the street work and the outreach work, they all wore orange. So they might not have been from the same specific group, but when they came in the building, it was like a presence, it was strong, you felt it, you know? And they was all dudes, they look like me, they look like us, they look like, you know, they young brothers where, you know, you look like, oh, these look like, these may have been some prior street dudes, and now they're in the community doing the right things, though. And it's that cohesion to see them all together, that unity. You know, I thought that was beautiful. And I was like, that's a piece that we may have been missing up here where, um, you know, we got these different groups and they all want to do the work. And it's beautiful. You know, how can we all come and stand together stronger? Louis, you mentioned something about it was like a black event, right? Like the presence of blackness, like you as young black men walking into a situation where you are in a professional environment, right? A group of black professionals, black experts from all the levels that you all just mentioned that have gathered across the country to protect black and brown lives, particularly black men. I remember and I still have different energy. When I walk into a space that it was like all black women professionals, like I just I just have a different way. I walk in the room, right? What about that feels important? Um, and do and and do you feel seen differently in that space? And what was special about that for you? Absolutely. Um, I would say at the core, why it was so special for me is because I'm also associated, you know, with the activism movement, you know, and everything. And, you know, we're uh, a few years now, you know, past the the um, lynching of George Floyd, right? The first time I hopped off the activism porch was when Philando Steele, you know, was murdered as well. So, like, I, I have this experience of, like, protesting and debating around community to really be a voice and raise awareness around the issues of systematic oppression and, and these things that the system continue to do to harm our community, right? And we we seen what happened over these past few years. It's just like me being a cat that's like really from the community, like I said, a black man and, and seeing, you know, how how rapidly our people are dying, you know, and also seeing um, the effects that that has on, on on our on our queens out here as well. Like my mother had to raise had to raise us as a single mother, and I got so many aunties and cousins, you know. And my grandma, you know, a lot of too many single mothers in our community, right? And the foundation has to be strong, right? It takes a village to raise a child. So um, I begin to be very frustrated with the amount of like anger and energy that we all come together when you know a police officer kills one of us. But then, you know, when we out here dying in these streets every day from from like these from like these wars or whatnot, things that's going on on the street, it's not that same amount of energy. People, you know, um, some people only jump up when we die from the hands of 
of hands of a police officer. But when we out here and, and we engage in a war ourselves and we killing ourselves, people kind of ignore it, right? Sweep it under the issue. You know, uh, only time community really like gets as loud is when, you know, we, we lose the lives of like the innocent, especially innocent children, which is completely sad and it's horrific. You know, um, I just feel like the energy should be the same. You know, I haven't seen that. That's actually why I've kind of changed my form of activism where it's like, okay, I'm going to focus my time and my energy because I'm not sure how much of this time and energy I have. But while I'm here, I got to make the best of it. So I focus more of my energy to work directly with young people that's involved in the system and that's getting these charges and that's involved in the streets um, because I feel like it just continues to be a population that is untapped and kind of ignored and not seen. But to be in this space in Baltimore to see how many people are devoted to this mission of keeping young people, you know, being able to prevent and intervene and transform the lives of individuals that's involved with violence um, is just it's just very encouraging. You know, it's like, OK, there's there are a group of people out here working on our behalf that aren't they haven't forgot about us because of all of the other things that's going on in the world. Like it's so many issues, but I feel like some problems get more attention than than our problem. And, and like I said, I'm going to continue to relate this to me being a black man and knowing how many black men that I've lost, you know, to gun violence and on both sides. Right. You lose somebody to the violence, but then you also lose somebody to incarceration. So there's no winners on either side. Um, and that perpetuates this trauma and, and the lack of, you know, a healthy home for a kid to thrive. So um, it, it was very encouraging to be around a wider group of people that has that same mission. Okay, I see you shaking your head. Is that, that seem relatable? Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. I, I agree with everything that was said, you know, and I think there's like a lot of power, you know, in, in walking into the room and seeing, a, you know, a bunch of people that look just like you, you know, and that are all trying to do the, that are all on the same mission, you know, you know, like, I thought it was powerful too that, you know, you, you come in, it, it's a lot of comfortability, you know, like everybody, like, you know, you can come in here, you can be authentic, you know, and you can just say what's on your mind. You know, we got people in here that's are coming in in three piece suits and you got people that are coming in here with fitted caps and gold chains, you know, and everybody's on the same thing though. And I, I thought there was a lot of power and, and usefulness in that. You know, just being able to come authentic. Brendan, I see you also sort of acknowledging that. You know, I was just in another conversation where, you know, there's not often a lot of spaces, and I can imagine this is the case for y'all, where you can just come in and just be you, like free of judgment, right? Like you just come in and it and it does feel like you can just be 100% you. And um, so one, is that true or not? And then how did how did that space feel for you in terms of how you show up in your leadership? Yeah, that space was really unique because a lot of the times being a young black man, I feel like it can go both ways, right? Number one, people always mistake me for being like 35 years old. They ask me if I got kids, right? I'm 25. So I always have to say that. And like, uh, I feel like I have, I'm called to say it because it, it gives context of where I am in my experiences. But then some people might see me in a suit and they think, oh, like you've lived this beautiful life. Like you might not understand the struggle. Um, a lot of times, even in community conversations, um, but I think being in that space, it was powerful because being a young black man in a room filled with like people working on this issue, I felt valued, not like this fabricated value where it's like, hey, let's shine a light on this one person. You know, it wasn't like walking into a room with people that didn't have a background as me, but it was people that, you know, although they live 
I'll state an example. There was this one woman who had worked, she worked for a school, a high school where she commonly interacts with uh, black teenagers. And so for me, I feel like she would have enough of that experience. But when we had a conversation at our table, she was asking me and a few other people at the table, like, hey, like, how do you think about this? How do you feel about this? Like, what is your response? Do you feel valued? And that was just powerful because it's like for someone of that stature, you would think like they know you've had many experiences like, you know, you, you've dealt with this a lot. But for myself, I feel like I bring those things to the table. And at the conference, I felt like that was valued. Um, there was a lot of content based things. But at the same time, we got time to reflect with other people and really learn that, like, you're not the only one working on this issue. And sometimes it feel like that as a black man, um, as I guess a, a young adult as well. Like, this is crazy. Is someone looking at this? Is someone feeling this the way that I do? Does someone care about it as much as I do? Um, and also, like, if I do something, will I be the only one standing out? Or if I feel this way, would I be the only one standing out? So to have those people gathered around that um, and to be in that space, it was really empowering to come back into those spaces where I'm the only person like, yeah, no, there's more with me. There's other people that may not be able to be in a situation right now. Um, but that can testify to the to the issues, to the solutions, to what we see. Um, and the other powerful thing was it was very solution based driven. So a lot of times when I walk into these rooms, it's problem based. It's like, OK, what is the issue? What are the statistics around the issue, the data? How was that presented? But I feel like this was really about like, you know, it, it was focused on the causes of the issues, how we can get to solutions. You know, why is it that people feel this way or feel unheard? Um, how do we reduce these rates by figuring out costs, but also, you know, how do people benefit off of it? Like I felt very heard and understood. Um, and I would say that that's rare if I'm not the one presenting it or if I'm not the one saying it to have that presented as, you know, kind of this is the base level thing. It was powerful. Louis, I, I can see you also um, nodding your head. Were there were there moments of sort of solution setting that stood out for you in, in your time there in Baltimore? Oh, uh, yeah, it was a few moments, actually. Moment number one, being able to meet other um, black men that um, currently work in partnership. Um, with the system on this issue, right? Like building those strong partnerships with the law enforcement departments or county attorneys or council members, like having government be engraved in this issue because we understand there are, there are X amount of dollars and resources that go towards solving these. And I come from like the, the more grassroots organizing culture where like we do this work based off of our heart and because we know it's the right thing to do, but we usually don't have the, the right amount of resources to truly like fulfill our mission and what we want to get done. So being able to like meet that many people that's working in government and they understand how to tap into the resources was amazing because here in Minnesota, I've been growing and maturing in that space to where like now I'm a county worker and I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm, I have relationships with some decision makers and we're looking at major budgets and how to allocate funding to, to the proper resources for our community. But then like kind of making that cross is very conflicting as well, you know, uh, and, and, and it's a lot of growth that needs to be done internally in order to just be comfortable with that. You know, it's very uncomfortable to work in that space, being especially you might have some beliefs or some morals that, that you have to keep intact as always. So it, it was encouraging to, to see other black men that 
you know, was able to navigate that that space, you know, or like Brandon said earlier, it might be some community conversations and some people from this side might disagree with the way you're doing your work on this side, but you know, like you're just doing it for the bigger picture and there's no ill intent. So that that was helpful. Um, and, and then uh, the other piece to it too, I was able to meet a guy that's um, doing some work out in Baltimore and um, they introduced like a whole new program idea that, they, that they're piloting this year called the sidestep program where like the idea is like to get like a suspect list right of young people that's like you you haven't been charged for anything or haven't been caught like you haven't been arrested just yet but like you kind of on a radar and they're working in partnership with the government to like step in like sidestep like come in and get them and enroll them into this program and if you complete that you can avoid arrest completely and i just thought like that idea alone was amazing i'm like man i want to bring that to minnesota you know so like just just being able to analyze things like that like okay i I love the innovation and the way that we're thinking as far as like changing this because a lot of times like it'd be too late for some people sometimes you know when they do get caught up so to step in before that it's too late moment and it might not even necessarily be too late but psychologically we believe that it's too late and that's why we stay on the run that's why we don't turn ourselves in because psychologically we already see ourselves in a cell, you know, and that's terrifying. We don't want to go there. So of course somebody will run away. KJ, you talked about sort of being on the other side. And so now you on the other side, right? You've been on all the sides and, you know, of course I know your brilliance and the expertise you bring into the field. I've watched you in the rooms at the Minneapolis foundation, open eyes to what the experiences are. So when you are um, in that space and they are setting out solutions and they're talking about things, you have, you know, sort of a unique perspective to be able to sort of assess it. And probably I would imagine reflect and say, would that have helped me when I was younger? Did you, do you feel that way? Or are there things that you wish would have been available when you were, were up and coming and, and finding yourself sort of falling through through the cracks? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's where a lot of pretty much maybe all of my passion in the work comes from, you know, is is being able to sit there and evaluate and hear a situation and assess like, like, yeah, yeah, that sounds valid or like, I don't know if that'll work, you know, just seeing how I feel like, you know, brothers will accept, you know, and, 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 and the way that they'll receive, you know, the work, you know, me still me still knowing and being in tune with all of the cats that I grew up with, you know, and understanding like, you know, there's still, you know, there's still guys out here who I'm still trying to pull away from that lifestyle, you know, and who I'm trying to show something different and show that there's a different way. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the work that I do is me trying to firsthand show them, Hey, you can come from all of this. You can do all of this, you know, you can do all this harm in the community and it's not too late for you to turn around and put nothing but good into your community moving forward. And so I definitely feel like I, I love having a perspective of being able to have seen everything from the other stance, you know, and, and that those are the people that we're trying to reach. You know, we're, we're trying to reach me in the past, you know, and um, I love these I love these programs where I'm thinking like, man, I wish I had that for me. You know, I wish I had that for me 15, 20 years ago, you know, and maybe that would have put me on a different path, you know, and that's a lot of the work that I'm doing in the community now. And then, you know, even with these young kids in a boxing gym and everything else to be like, Hey, 
let me try to pull them away and get them some guidance that I didn't receive that I feel like would have been really beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm always constantly, as I'm in these rooms, putting myself back in that 10, 15, 20 year old mindset of myself and saying, hey, you know, how would I have received this? And how could this message have come to me where it would have made the biggest impact to maybe persuade me to go another way? The one thing I love about the Cities United space, and I think you all said this, but I just want to repeat it. Like you'll be talking to someone in a hoodie and you can make an assumption and then find out they got a PhD. Then you can be talking to someone in a suit and you could make an assumption and you can find out they spent 30 years in prison. And it like, it just, it just messes with your own biases that you have. And I think what they've done so masterfully that we could be thinking differently about what we do and how we show up is that they honor the expertise and the brilliance of everyone. That it's not like they don't lead with positions. They're leading with, we are all here to make a difference in community and everybody in this space is valuable. Everyone here can contribute so that everyone here has an opportunity to be engaged, to, to, um, to talk, to connect, that there's not like the same value change that you sometimes feel and see when you go into space and you're like, oh, this isn't for me because these are all the PhDs on this side of the room. So let me go to this side of the room. You honestly can't tell. Yeah, I just want to second that like that. You hit it on the head, you know, because you'll be sitting there talking to a guy and, you know, he'll be in a three piece suit. And, you know, maybe by the way he talks, you kind of thinking in your head, like, you know, it seems like a square dude a little bit. And then he like, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, I'm coming home. For, I've been home for 10 years and it's what I've been doing since then. And I served 25 years. And you'll be like, oh, you know, and then it's just, it, you know, that's why I say it's beautiful to be there and to not be judged by anything. It's not a, you know, so much, you know, in my personal life, you know, with, with me coming home originally when I was like almost 25 years old to being 30 now, there's so it's, it's been a hindrance in so many ways having a record. And so to be in this space, and for it to almost be a, a benefit, you know, to almost have, you know, insight that a lot of folks don't have that's so beneficial to this work is 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 refreshing. If I can comment on that quick, one thing I had a conversation with Anthony Smith, who's the executive director of Cities United. Um, Mayhem was talking because we had a number of executive sessions where there was mayors in the room talking. There was a press conference. There was a few different things that I was invited to. And I was asking him, like, hey, what's the attire? And he was like, man, you know how we are. You know how we get down. I'm in sweats and jeans all day, not changing out of it. I think he might have changed it to a suit one time for presentation. But just that vibe was what it felt like. In the rooms, we had, as you said, the people that were like boots on the ground workers, like they were in their attire. They came, showed up who they were. They didn't feel encouraged to talk, but for the people who, um, or they didn't feel forced to talk, but for the people who wanted to, like it felt very comfortable um, and like we were there existing, not as if, you know, um, we didn't have a purpose, but more so of like, okay, we're in a room with people who are like us. We don't have to show out to do too much, but you also can do that. We had the gala night where everyone was able to pop out and, you know, kind of dress up. But for me, the most powerful thing um, also was was understanding that you didn't have to be performative, right? Like you were where you needed to be. You were where you wanted to be. You were um, where you felt like you were valued and you can learn a lot. Um, but it was nothing truly forced, but just a different experiences. As KJ said, um, it was it was shocking to be talking to someone and they're like, yeah, I'm a lawyer. Um, or yeah, I'm a I'm a licensed therapist, and and to step in on conversations where people are welcoming you into them, I mean, it was just it was it was amazing. 
So as part of the overall experience, y'all got on, I don't know, took a car over to DC, went to the museum. How was that? Go ahead, KJ. That was a, that was my third time going to the museum. And um, I was telling them before we went, they were like, yeah, you know, we'll probably be able to go to the museum. You know, we might make lunch by two o'clock, one thirty. I'm telling them like, nah, we're going to be there until the close. You know, we went in the morning. I'm like, nah, for sure. We're going to be there until the close. Why you say that? I'm like, listen, this museum is six stories and you can spend a whole day on each floor. You know, I'm like, it's, it's, it's that dense. You know, it's, it's that much. There, there, there's, it's beautiful, you know, best museum I've ever been to uh, by far. And, um, you know, this being my third time, you know, I saw things that I never saw before the, other, the previous two times, you know, and I feel like I could go 10 more times and 20 more times and it'd probably be the same experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, there, there's so much history and there's so much information. And I, I think the museum laid out beautiful. Everybody needs to go as many times as they can. I feel that. Louis, how about you? How was the museum for you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would echo everything Brother KJ just said. Very immersive experience. I, I really appreciate the spirit of Sankofa for being there, too. Like, just understanding where we come from and understand where we at in order to get to where we're going, you know. Um, and me being a believer that, like, that's not just all that we come from as well. So I had a lot of different thoughts that was bubbling up for me. But just to appreciate the the effort that was that was done into you know creating a platform for you know that that piece of history and, and um and being able to have people learn from it and what what I appreciated the most was just seeing even in spite of slavery right in spite of colonization uh, in spite of Jim Crow in spite of KKK like in spite of all of the very hateful and demonic and dehumanizing activities that have been placed upon a group of people, we still rise and we continue to rise, right? In the words of our honorable Maya Angelou, I appreciated that the most out of everything. Cause I'm like, man, we was literally living in a life that that wasn't living at all, you know? Um, and it was indeed death, but not everybody, you know, you know, went for that. You know, you had, many people who stood up and fought for what was right and and, and did the work that needed to be done in order to pave the way for our generation to be here today and and, and the changes that have taken place. You know, Um, I believe that like mental slavery is is the biggest thing right now in our day and age, but just seeing like, in spite of all of those struggles, um, we are still here. We continue to be resilient. We exist and we're doing great things. You know, we've always been architects. We've always been mathematicians. We've always been doctors. We, we've always, you know, had this, had this heritage that is rooted in royalty. And um, to, to, to truly like just see that um, embodied through, through this museum um, and, and even in this conference as well, um, was very empowering. You know, it, it keeps a young black man like me who who often, you know, um, sometimes I'm found questioning my worth or like questioning my existence or feeling hopeless due to whatever reason, right? Um, to, to be intact with a strong community and, and, and a strong history that continues to hold me up and uplift me up when I'm down is very important. Like I said earlier, it takes a village to raise a child. So I was able to just, you know, reflect on reflect on my village and, and be proud that I'm here and I'm doing the work that 
needs to be done. I was in Atlanta while you guys were in Baltimore and I, I looked down, I got a text message from Brandon. Brandon's like, yo, Shonda, we want to go over to DC to the, the Smithsonian. What do you feel about that? I'm like, go, go for it. Brandon, take, take the, take the group. I think it's a worthy investment. Brandon, what made you ask to go and, and what was your experience? Some of our partners from the Office of Violence Prevention um, brought up the idea and thinking of the conference, I was thinking of this as being like a healing time to kind of enter that moment. And um, when they asked about it, it just aligned so well, asked people with our group and they were like, yeah, let's go. KJ was very adamant about it. He was like, look, I've been there before and I'm telling you, we're not going to get through it in a day. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, we're going to go. We're going to be there for a little bit. We're going to have lunch. You know us, we young, we ready to dip out when we're ready to dip. We even separated when we got there but just truly going and being a part of that like getting there going through the experience it's it was like breathtaking is the word i was used because i've been in many museums and normally you don't have to mentally prepare yourself it's like okay i'm going to learn i'm going to maybe see something unique or something different but going to that um and i think being black people being young people having a certain perspective on the world like it was just so much knowledge and history um that it's something that really it, I mean, it took vulnerability to process a lot of it. And for me, although I feel like I mentally prepared myself, like, all right, bro, you big, you don't don't go up in here crying. Like when you go to this Emma Till thing, don't get too triggered. I'm very big into law too. So going through like the stories of Thurgood Marshall and their stories and just like oppression from that, it was very powerful. But for me, I think the one experience that wrapped up kind of what it meant to go to that museum outside of like the joyful effort was me and Louie was sitting at this table that kind of walks you through um, the sit-ins and how to prepare yourself and to ask you these questions of like, you know, if this was happening to you, what would be your response? And it gave percentages of how people would answer. And then on the video, there was um, the riots happening where they were fighting and things were happening. And there was this family that walked to the left of us. And I'm like, in my own head, like, what, you want me to be quiet? You don't want me to fight back? On everything I answered, I'm punching somebody. I, I mean, I could show more reservation, but like for me in them situations when people were throwing food, um, it was really pressing. But um, I, I'm in my own head and I look over to the left and this kid walked up and he's like, what? Oh my God, look, mom, they're fighting. They're fighting. Like, how are they fighting? And I I, I tensed up, like, I, I, you know, a tear dropped. Louis ain't see it. I cuffed it. But like to be in that moment where we realized that this is bigger than us, like even though we're in our own head, we have young people after us that's looking at these situations, that's processing it different, less, that, that's really internalizing this stuff, that just really let me know that a lot of it was bigger than me. The trip, the experience, the museum, having a committee there, um, we were really bonding in a way and building this understanding of each other and our work and this respect um, that was much more than myself. And I think that kind of set the table um, and really had me reflect differently about the entire conference and that time together. Um, after that, I took my time definitely through the museum, but just having that moment happen and you know, being like the oldest of eight, it was really powerful to see that we have a lot of people after us that's looking at how we respond to situations, that's looking on, let's, you know, looking at what's going on in the world and, and really pretty much how we're responsive to those things. So it was it was emotional, it was amazing, it was joyful. The music and situations was fired. Like every every level had some piece that I can relate to that brought me inspiration, but also made me kind of reflect on what we've been through. There was anger. It was it was the the whole nine. I know. Um, just going back to a little bit of what Louis was talking about in terms of like the anger and the protest re relative to like um, policing encounters that end in death or, or violence towards our community. We don't 
often demonstrate the same level of anger and frustration with community level violence. And I don't disagree with you. I do think there's a lot of people working on it. I think it's been in silos. I think it's not, there's so much more room for us to be loud. Over this last week, right? Um, I've been watching a lot of news with the Migos and Takeoff getting killed um, down in Houston. And I was listening to someone and they're like, you know, at least once a year, there's a rapper that gets killed. And I'm, you know, and I just really negatively reacted to that. Um, there are people that are getting killed across this country every day. And folks that are in the industry are no exception. And I think that we tend to like label black men that live in the neighborhood. Like you live on the north side, you live on this side, right? You're a rapper, you're you know, you're you're an athlete. So these are these like this labeling element that becomes bigger than the violence that was perpetrated on takeoff for me was what I finally rested on in in sort of my my spirit and my reflection. One of the things that I've talked about often and I, I appreciated sort of the level of emotion because I think we're surrounded by a lot of things a lot of times. And Louis, you talk a little bit like when you're feeling hopeless and you're encountering the violence and and I just want to lay, layer that in because there's a lot of violence around us right now. And I love that you guys are building relationships because you guys are in the age group. You are in the work. You are in proximity to it in a way that I'm not even in proximity to this. Um, and I just, I know that it is impacting you deeply. And if there, if there are people listening that have an ability to do something about what you think needs to be done, what would you share with them, right? Like if you want people to act differently on this issue, like what what does that look like? Like whether or not it's seeing you and caring for you individually, or is it like, what is that action? I heard something powerful again at the conference uh, during one of our young leaders session. And it was about just like, in terms of being in community, we've given so many chances to other efforts. Like if we think about the police, it's been a system that has been heavily invested in. Um, and what she said was we have to give other initiatives, other projects, other ideas that chance to thrive just as much as we have been investing and in giving the police a chance because, you know, some people can take um, the mindset of like, no, let's get rid of the system, let's throw it away. For, but for the people who do give it a chance, then we should be giving that equal amount of chance and opportunity, investment and funding and whether that's boots on the groundwork, whether that's people working in schools, whether that's people working on other prevention strategies, like we have to invest um, in that possibility. For me, I think that is the most powerful thing because it takes education, it takes understanding the issue. And I feel like for people who don't have that proximity, um, the number one, I think, goal and responsibilities is to educate yourself, to have a certain level of understanding um, and to get as proximate to the work as you can or to the issue as you can. Not just saying, hey, I'm watching TV. I'm watching this on the news. I saw this on Twitter. I saw Takeoff just died. It's a sad situation. Um, but more so understanding who was Takeoff. Like, what was Migos about? You know, some people might say, oh, he's a rapper. And I heard one of his songs and he was talking about this, but not to know him as a person and how he gave back to his community. And how out of all the Migos, he was known as the most timid one and the one to encourage people. I think um, really doing some of that work, really digging deep into issues, the causes of situations, 
Um, I think that really will bring about change among a lot of different people. If you can't convene, if you can't be in a, a formal meeting, then try to do as much research or understanding as you can about situations. And I think one of the other things I heard is like maybe moving away from just this perpetual staying in the problem to moving towards solutions and including folks that have the actual understanding of the issue, bringing them to the table. KJ, do you have anything that you would have to offer? Because this is this is so pervasive in our community right now, the amount of violence that's occurring. Do you have any suggestions for folks that are, are listening in terms of how they might be able to, to be engaged and be supportive? I think uh I think they just gotta be willing to they gotta be willing to listen, they gotta be willing to learn, you know, you gotta be willing to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, you know, and you gotta you gotta be willing to go talk to those that you're trying to read. You know, and, and really listen and, and, and ask questions, not be like, um, you know, not come from a judgmental standpoint, you know, come from an open standpoint of trying to welcome in. You know, I, I'm trying to I, I want to bring you in. I don't want to judge you. I want to ask, like, what's going on? You know, in what ways could I be of assistance to you? You know, in what ways can I convince you? You got to You got to come with something better to offer to bring to the table as well. You know, better opportunities. You know, you, you can tell somebody that's, you know, perpetuating violence or some other kind of negativity in the community. You can tell them to stop all you want, you know, but what other option are you going to give them besides what is around them and what they're seeing? So it's like you got to you got to be willing to come to them and be open. And you also got to be willing to bring something to the table that makes sense to them. Makes sense to them. I love that. How about you, Louie? Absolutely. That's that's what that's what us in the hip hop community would call a mic drop right there. What brother KJ just shared. That's a it's a mic drop line, my brother. <laughs> I mean, for real, that that's that's um how I view it. You know, like if you you telling people to put the guns down or you telling them to stop selling whatever they selling. Okay, what are you replacing that with? And are you replacing it with something tangible? Or are you replacing it with just another idea or like just another spark of hope? Like we're we're past the we're past the moment where we just want to give each other hope. We can't be out here selling hope. We gotta truthfully like have some tangible resources, some tangible opportunities for people, you know, to believe in. You know, and one thing about belief is like we don't we don't believe it till we see it. So you got people that talk a good game, but then they never deliver, and that you know um, that that's um, that's um, builds the lack of trust um, within that as well. I'm a firm believer that. Um, when a flower doesn't bloom, we fix the environment in which it grows, not the flower, right? And who is the flower? Who who are the seeds? Well, we are the seeds. We we are the walking trees of life, and um, we live in an environment that is oversaturated with you know unhealthy foods that we eat, unhealthy ideas for our mind, un unhealthy water. <laughs> you know, like it's just so toxic, you know, in certain environments, certain pockets of the neighborhood. Um, so when we look at issues like that, it's like, man, you know, what are we, what are we really doing here? You know, and um, we have to work with each other. We have to build in, in, in a healthy ecosystem, you know, amongst each other as people, you know, um, in, in order to truly, you know, help each other thrive and grow. But um, yeah, we gotta we gotta look at this environment. You know, I'm not here to play the blame game. I'm here to play the shame game. I'm not pointing a finger at anybody, saying you're the reason I'm like this. I'm not here to do that. You know, I believe in accountability. I believe in consequences for for our choices and our actions. 
Um, and I also, you know, believe that um, there have been strategic designs, you know, to put a, a group of people in the position that they are in. So when we get to the root of those issues and, and people hold themselves accountable for that and we receive some justice from the hurt that's being done, um, I, I believe that, that that would help us with moving forward. But absolutely, you know, get us out of this toxic environment, put us in a place to where we can truly like just 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 be, you know, and just breathe and think clearly, have a sense of clarity. It's very hard to think clearly when when you got to look over your shoulder 24-7 or when you're seeing, you know, CPS take your, you know, separate your family apart. You know, when, when you're seeing these things, when you're getting kicked out of school, you know, being told that, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. You know, it's very hard to think clearly when you're living in a constant state of fear and a state of trauma. You know, instead of always viewing ourselves from a trauma-informed lens, can we start to view ourselves from a talent-informed lens, right? Um, you know, if, if my if my people were enslaved, can you tell me about my people, you know, um, that, that, that were um, kings and queens as well? You know, like, you know, give me the full story. Don't just give me a watered-down version of your story. I think a lot of that has to do with the issues that we see today. But KJ said it beautifully. You know, you need bring something else valuable to the table, for sure, for sure. Louis, I know you have a piece that you want to share with us. All right, great. Here we go. The name of this piece is called Be Free. And I wrote this as a message to my Black men. From the moment you born, they snatch away your crown. Your family is scorned. They try to keep you down. Everything full circle when it comes back around is you going to be another slave building up the town or take back your crown. Have everything reclaimed. They walk into your power. Teach them to do the same. Yeah, they just want to put us in a box or a grave. But look at where we at and how far we came. Yeah, we going to be free. Free. Freedom is really knowing yourself. Free, free. Freedom is taking care of your health, free, free, free. Freedom is generational wealth, breaking generational curses, making it out of hell, but in the hood, feel like we hypnotized. See me with my hoodie on and now I'm stigmatized. I really be the truth, they living in a lie. Swear it's fire in the youth, you see it in our eyes. Why? I refuse to be a fool, consumed and used as a tool. Dropped out of school today, I found my purpose in the stew. The truth of the matter is self-expression is liberation. We need progression, possessions and better payment. I've been breaking the payment, freeing folks from the cages by freeing myself. They watch it and find it as inspiration. Champ of the people, we need more of this representation. This here is for the next generation. Land of the free, I just want to make money, but this land full of greed, they want to take from me. America, not a country. It's a corporation built upon corpses and creating all enslavement. Whole races control the nation. I'm losing patience. My people facing systematic oppression and economic devastation. The mass incarceration and multi-generations of trauma passed from mamas and mamas and grandmamas to our fathers who was taken from out of our home. Stripped of our identity, got us looking like skeleton bones. Gotta learn how to own. We can no longer afford to rent. Feel as us versus the world. So in these verses, I'm a vent. The police destroying tents. They tear rising the homeless, a thin line between law and morale in these moments. These people bogus. I ain't feeling like a civilian. Got a screaming hashtag, take the children. From the moment you born, they snatch away your crown. Your family is scorned. They try to keep you down. Everything full circle when it comes back around is you gonna be another slave building up the town. 
will take back your crown, have everything reclaimed, then walk into your power, teach them to do the same. Yeah, they just want to put us in a box so a grave, but look at where we at and how far we done came. We going to be free. Be free. Thank you for that. There's so much talent. Y'all are so talented. We just have so much talent in this community. And I hope that the folks listening to this get a sense of what you all bring to this community every single day. Every time you wake up, every time your feet hit the floor, every time you get into a meeting, your talent exists and it exists despite their willingness to hear it or not. I am so grateful that you are serving on our advisory committee and that you chose to go to the Cities United Conference where you could see and be yourselves, where you can contribute, where you can get the ideas from other parts of the country that, you know, if there are ideas that that came forward there that you think should be in Minneapolis, please let us know about them here so that we can think about them, learn about it, and because we need to continue to, to learn what we need to do here to disrupt the cycle of violence that we um, have here. But also, how do we get to a place where we can be well and whole, right? Where we can thrive and move past some of the, the, the places that we've been. KJ, I've appreciated sort of this perspective you brought around unity, right? Like, how do we do the work and how do we do it together? Like, there's, there's a time where you act alone where you have a an identity that's important to maintain. And then there's a moment where it really is about the collective. So what, what about the collective experience? How do we do that more, more often so that everyone else can see that despite us having different approaches, we are on the same game. We trying to get the same ending, which is Black Lives Matter and all day, every day, that they can thrive and do what they need to do. Um, so as we close, um, I just want to give you guys just a moment to just close out with anything you'd like to share uh, with the audience. So Brandon, I'll go with you because I can see you smiling. No, I'm just, um, I'm happy and I'm joyful. Work around violence prevention or being in community. It's it's a thankless job that was said a lot during a conference. And I think in everyday life, um, it's something where you do it because you're motivated, you're inspired. Um, and sometimes you have situations where you feel called and people are like, no, I know you're great for this. For me, I, I just feel so much joy because I feel like I'm at a place where I feel valued and I have that equity. And being in a place where people like you, Shonda, um, mainly speaking you, but people who share that same value of like, you know, I can speak, but I can give someone else that platform, that chance, that opportunity to take advantage of it. And I think that's what makes a difference. That's what sets the table for what should be going forward. For people who will be who are victims now to this environment, how do we put them in a place to be leaders in that environment and to influence that? That's what the advisory is about. That's what my work at the foundation is about. That's what community impact is about. And that's what your leadership is about. And, and it's a reflection really of what the community should be about. Um, and it's and it's almost unbelievable to be in these situations, to be at that conference, to be with my people, to go and experience different things, to see, to see hurt, to see pain, to see pressure being brought about different people, but also to feel that like appreciation, that love, that care, um, and a shared motivation for the work, it's unmatched, it's untouched. And, and it's really, I say it, it's a privilege um, to be doing this work because it is. Mm -hmm. How about you, KJ? I want to close out just, you know, giving a huge shout out to the Minneapolis Foundation and specifically you, Shonda, and 
me being a, a founding member of this advisory board has just been a huge blessing in my life. You know, being here with the board from day one, having stuff that went on in my life and the board always standing with me, just me having that opportunity to be able to do this work and give back, you know, having that platform and this being the second convention that we went to as a team, being great to be able to be in these spaces and, and get different perspectives from all around the country, you know, and just get fresh ideas and, you know, just be rejuvenated to get back in the community and do the work, do everything that we can. And just like, hey, it's not just us. It's a collective. It's everybody, you know, and, and you guys really not just talking it, but walking it, you know. And so I love y'all and I appreciate it, you know. Yeah, I love you, too. Okay, Louis, close us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll echo everything they said. Thank you, Shonda, for being such a great leader that you are. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful and honored to be a part of this committee. Thank you for reaching out, Brandon. You know, um, Brandon told me too, like, I think probably like a year before I even joined, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I, I was pulled in so many directions, like I said earlier, you know, doing a lot. But like taking that time to pause, it's like, okay, let me actually choose and not be chosen. What do I want to do? You know, and he was just very consistent with, with having me be there. And I'm I'm so happy that I that I chose to join the committee and, and being able to um, experience being a resource to my community at this level. And then, you know, having that open up, you know, more doors of opportunity and everything we experienced last week in Baltimore at D.C. came at such a very divine timing for myself and, and where I'm at in my life. So I'm very grateful to have a have a village. I have a community. I'm grateful to be existing in this moment of time. You know, I, I would just close out and just say Ubuntu. I am because we are, right? We are reflections of each other. I love each and every one of you dearly. We are valuable. We are powerful. We are lovable. We are important. And we will continue to liberate ourselves and liberate the minds and the bodies and the souls of others and, and create, you know, a much more loving, thriving community for the next 400 years. I hope that you learned something. I hope you were inspired by the brilliance of Brandon Williams, Louis Blaze, and KJ Ronick. I'm so pleased and happy, as you could hear my delight in having them be advisors to the work that I'm leading at the Minneapolis Foundation, to be with me in community, and to be thinking about work and leadership in ways that I have not had the opportunity to think about. And so I appreciate the value that they bring, the learning that I get from them. So this is Shonda Smith-Baker from Conversations with Shonda. Thank you and make it a great week. And here's our guest and artist, Louis Blaze and his song called Freedom Fighter, featuring Mayan Burrell and Kevin Reese. As the voice of the people, speaking out. Speaking out as a roll call, calling our people out of the darkness and bringing them into the light. Telling them to embrace themselves, embrace their greatness. Finally come up out of the darkness, embrace your greatness. The revolution will be televised this time around, and it's our obligation to stand up and fight for our rights, to fight for our freedom, to fight for our people, and to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. By all means necessary, we will fight to the bitter end. We will fight to the bitter end. For the children of the next 400 Embrace years. their greatness. This is our revolution. Each and every night, each and every day.
day For freedom I'ma fight In each and every way Each and every night Each and every day For freedom I'ma fight In each and every way Each and every night Each and every day For freedom I'ma fight In each and every way Each and every night Each and every day For freedom I'ma fight In each and every way They killed Martin He was leading with love Knocked the Black Panthers off the map You know they couldn't see us with guns Fred Hampton in a pool full of blood So many assassinations in the nation We on the run, but I won't run no more Stand and fight in the war Organize my truth to shoot the truth right through the core Kick in the door when you lock me out They seeing score after score And they trying to stop me now, but they Kwame Brown Ain't no justice from the outside, that's only within If more of our people see it that way Then we gon' win I mean, we already won, but fell in the victimhood Got disconnected, miseducated, and so misunderstood Understood. Wish I could heal the world if I had one wish Was pissed growing up finding out Jenny's didn't exist I bees with a fist in the air Like my sister with an afro hairstyle And all black holding it down Many families broken down from a systematic strategy Diplomatic leaders colonizing nationalities Evil tactics they practice attacking our humanity History repeating itself and I see insanity On a journey seeking for wealth and they want to manage me Take advantage of my talents but not have me eat I be in the grave before being a slave Tumming in my DNA We gon' keep breaking them chains Because Each and every night Each and every day For freedom I'ma fight In each and every way Each and every night Each and every day For freedom I'ma fight In each and every way Each and every night Each and every day For freedom I'ma fight In each and every way Each and every night Each and every day For freedom I'ma fight In each and every way Do you know how it feel to see your brother in the grave? Everybody know who killed him, so they threw away the case The murderer walking free while you broke had to arrange The funeral, see your mama in them tears, got you raged Now you fighting for his justice and you trying to make a change Analyzing all the lies, can see the look up on they face Been fed up with all the bigotry and serpents that remain Southern through our society and sucking everything Education should be free, medication should be free Transportation should be free, public relations should be free Food and clothing should be free, all the homes should be free Health and wellness should be free, I'm dedicated to Believe it. it can be a new day, a new way, a new wave. Oh, I might start a ride like I'm two chains, strapping up the boots. Hey, got it going up just like a Tuesday. Yeah, I ain't going out without a few bangs. Each and every night, each and every day. For freedom, I'ma fight in each and every way. Each and every night, each and every day. For freedom, I'ma fight in each and every way. Each and every night, each and every day. For freedom, I'ma fight in each and every way. Free. Free.